Hello, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. And today, Tiffany and I present to you an audio play from Audio Imagination 77. It's their second project. We aired their first a little ways back. It was called After Midnight, and many of you wrote in to tell me how much you loved it. Now, behind Audio Imagination 77 is my longtime friend, Matthew P. Warner. He and I met in middle school, and throughout high school and college, we shared our mutual love of audio drama with each other. We particularly loved the golden age of radio, broadcasts from the 1930s through the 1950s, and the more suspenseful, the better. Shows like Inner Sanctum and The Mysterious Traveler, and my personal favorite, the longest running of those shows, Suspense, which always had a twist at the end. And as young adults, we dreamed of making audio drama, and we wrote scripts. Scripts with a twist, just like we liked. And today's play was one that I wrote probably around the age of 22, though we've improved it some since then. And Matt took on that script, and he selected a cast and did all the music and sound effects himself. And so today, we bring you the three. I hope you enjoy it. So, um, do I just talk or do you ask questions? A little of both. It's strange being here. I, I used to love reading interviews with convicted criminals. Well, you're not convicted yet. No, no, I, I guess not yet. Let's get started. Sure, officer. Detective, actually. My name is Detective Hatley. Please state your name for the record. James. Full name. No, yeah, um, James Blake. Age? Twenty-nine. Why are you here, Mr. Blake? I killed three women. The Three. An Audio Imagination 77 production. And you turned yourself into the police, is that correct? That's right. I, uh, about a week ago, I think. Why did you do that? I... I don't... Remorse? For what you did? No, no, not not exactly. Why did you kill these women, Mr. Blake? It's... It's difficult to understand, I think. Try me. Well... I've always been interested in killers. It started with outlaws when I was a kid, and 
Eventually, the fascination grew into every branch. It was serial killers, mass murder, one-time offenders, but, but I always separated myself from them. What do you mean? I didn't idolize them. I certainly didn't want to imitate them. I was just interested. Morbid curiosity, I suppose. So how did that change? Well, you've heard it all before, haven't you? Everyone is different. Go on. I mean, I've read enough to know, Detective. I killed three people. There, there must be something mentally wrong with me, but I just, I just feel so normal. Normal? There are these graphic pictures in my head, but it's like they're from, from a story. Something, something I read in the paper. So in that way, it's almost like it never happened. Well, yes and no. I know what happened. So you're saying you never wanted to be a killer? Absolutely not. Then what happened? It's just... When I saw her for the first time, the only clear thought in my head was... I need to kill her. Uh, this is your first victim, Emily Denning? That was with all of them. I didn't know Emily's name then, but yes, yes, she was the first. I really didn't want to kill her. The idea was terrible to me. How could I even think of it? With no reason. I didn't know her. But I just... I couldn't get rid of the thought. And... I just kept running into her. Eventually, I felt convinced that killing her was the right thing to do. It was the only thing to do. How are you seeing her all the time? She was a barista at the coffee shop on Market Street. That's near my house. I just... I'd see her arriving at work, leaving work. One day, I... Oh, Emily, a customer complimented your service today. He said you make a great vanilla latte. Wow. Watch out. I'm moving up in the world real fast. Just thought you would like to know. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm out of here. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, sorry. I didn't see you. Oh, that, that's okay. Uh, I'm James. Um, nice to meet you, but I really have to be running. Finally, home. Hey, Buster. You got any good news? Hello? 
Oh, Milo. I was just going to call you. Buster, I'll feed you when I get home. Oh, you again. Look, I'm really not interested. Um, uh, listen, I... I'm sorry. Huh? feels strange recounting all this to you now. Did you have a plan about how you were going to kill Emily? No, no, not at all. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't even sure I was going to do it until she opened the door. Why did you decide to do it then? I, I don't... I don't know. Maybe because it was then or never? Maybe. How did that make you feel? To kill her? I don't even remember leaving her apartment. Maybe... Peaceful. That's the word that pops to my mind. After killing Emily, I just felt... peaceful. I don't know why. I've asked myself that question over and over. She seems like a nice girl. I mean... No one could make a vanilla latte like she could. <clears throat> so... Uh, tell me about your second victim. Uh, Amanda Thomas. Well, she was a little different. I'd already killed Emily, so you might say I learned a thing or two. I'd been so careless the first time. Any number of people could have witnessed everything. Like I said, I don't know how I left her apartment, who was around, nothing. Well, let's see. Uh, Emily Denning was found at 7.15 by Milo Sinclair. The apartment door was open and the deceased lay in the front hallway. There were no signs of forced entry, but there was significant evidence of a struggle. No neighbors reported hearing anything. The victim had severe bruises around the neck, some on the hands and arms. Uh, the autopsy report confirmed the death occurring around 5.30 or 6 p.m. I was sure it was a matter of time before the police arrested me, but... But they didn't come. Back to the second victim, Amanda. So you're saying you planned her murder then? I did a little, but, but not really. I went to a thrift shop and picked up a maintenance uniform. I had some tools at home and I strapped them to a belt. I just wanted to blend in more at her apartment. Nothing elaborate. And how did you choose her as a victim? I didn't choose her. She chose herself. How so? I don't think I would have noticed her if she hadn't drawn attention to herself. I was riding the bus to work, and I was sitting next to her. Please don't read over my shoulder. Hmm? Oh, I wasn't. Uh, okay, sure, just... Please don't. Sure. No problem. 
Of course, then, I really wanted to read over her shoulder, but but I didn't. You decided to kill her then? I hadn't decided yet. I, but I did get off at her stop. I was curious. I, I wanted to see where she was going. And where did she go? Into an office building. I, I waited for her outside. Good morning, Amanda. Good morning. Is Mr. Lancaster in yet? He is. Is he expecting you? I think so. I'll ring him for you. Good morning, sir. Amanda Thomas here to see you? Sure. All right. Go on in. Thank you. Done already? I'll be back tomorrow. Have a good day, Miss Thomas. You too. Hello? Ah, Kent. When she came out, I, I just followed behind her. I knew I had to get to work, but I just... I followed her anyway. Again? Hello? She kept getting phone calls. I guess she was really popular. Uh, I suppose you could say that. Eventually she went into a hotel and I turned around to catch a bus to work. But that's when it struck me. That you were going to kill her? Clear as a bell. So when did you return in the maintenance uniform? Later that evening. I went back to the hotel and... And you know what? I could see her. Through a window on the second floor. There was a service entrance in the back and the door was open. I just walked right in and went up the stairs. I knocked on what I thought was her door and I was right. The first try. I decided to bring a knife this time. Why a knife? I thought it might be easier. I don't know. Maybe it would catch her off guard. She was bigger than Emily. I wasn't entirely sure I could overpower her. Yes, can I help you? Uh, yeah, uh... The manager sent me to look for a smoke detector sensor that keeps tripping a breaker downstairs. Kind of late to be doing this, don't you think? Yeah, I was I was hoping to get to it earlier, but it's it's been a very long day. Uh-huh. Do you mind if I come in and take a look? It it really shouldn't take long. Uh sure. As long as it's quick. I'm very tired. Should be. Um I'm very sorry for this. You think the hotel would give some kind of notice? <laughs> know how many times I stabbed her. I, I guess the details don't really matter. I could hear people walking in the hallway, so I, I... I left by the fire escape. Uh... Amanda's body was discovered by the hotel staff. The coroner's report placed the time of death as two days prior. 
The maid service heated the do not disturb sign through the time of the reservation. Multiple stab wounds, mainly to the stomach and chest. No signs of forced entry. They didn't find her for two days? Nope. But she seemed so... connected. Like, like she would be missed. The case was never officially closed. Many different suspects were investigated, but all the leads led nowhere. Huh. Uh, yes. Now there were three women. Yeah. Three. Why don't we move on to the third? Okay. Her. Go on. It was the same day I killed Amanda. I cleaned myself up some, but I... I just couldn't stay home. So instead, I, I went to the Hatch Horse Tavern. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. Most people would consider it a dive bar, I suppose. People don't really go there to socialize. Just a drink. I've been going there for a while, and I've never had a conversation with anyone. And the third, well, I suppose I noticed her because she was a woman? I'd never really seen any women in there before. Do you know her name? Joan Stanley. Joan. That seems like a good name for her. Understated. That's just how she was, just... gray. She was reading a newspaper at the bar, hair in a ponytail, big gray sweatshirt, glasses. She could have been anyone. <laughs> yes, it's safe to say that Joan went through life unnoticed. But you know, Detective, I've... I've never met a stronger woman. Not ever in my whole life. I was lucky to survive. Why did you kill her, James? I don't know. I didn't realize I was staring at her. I was spacing out, I think. Amanda had just happened, but then, well... Joan had these deep gray eyes, and when she locked them onto you, it was like she held you there. Suspended. It felt... cold. Problem. Sorry? You're staring. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't realize I was staring. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Hey, bartender. Here, for my tab. Keep the change. She looked at me again as she left. Like she was inviting me to follow her. I'd say I killed her because she dared me to, but... That's not really right, is it? You tell me. I followed her. It was hard to keep a good distance and keep track of her. It was getting dark, but I managed. I followed her to a duplex on Elm Street, but I didn't have a plan. I just started up the staircase. Did you have a weapon? I had my knife. Same one as before. Did you know you were going to kill her? I knew I was going to try. It was the same as the other two. It was, it was a feeling that it must be done. It just, it just must. The most important thing in the world. I knocked on her door. She didn't answer. I knocked again. Still no answer. But then I heard her. You looking for me? I spun around. I could have sworn I saw her go upstairs. Oh, uh... Yeah, yeah, I am. Well... Uh, your, your landlord, I'm, I'm supposed to do a, a wiring inspection. Right. 
So if, if you don't mind unlocking the door so I can take a look? Maintenance men do inspections at night these days? It'll only take a minute. And I suppose it's just a coincidence that I just saw you at the bar. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's just a coincidence. Come in. I want to talk to you anyways. Stay back. Don't try anything. Sorry? Keep your hands out of your pockets. Why do you have a gun? Why do you think? See ya. That night I... I couldn't get Joan out of my head. I, I, I lay in bed, picturing her body, laying alone, in the dark, undiscovered, getting colder. I pictured the other women, too. I could so vividly remember what they were like alive, how fast they walked, what their voices sounded like, and for the first time, I, I really considered where they are now. Gone. Buried. Deep underground. It was cold that night, but I... But I had the bedroom window open anyway. I... I needed to feel the air. I needed to feel alive. I... Oh my God. I almost died. I... I almost died, and I... I killed those women. For what? Nothing but a... But a gut feeling? How could I have done it? How could I? And the thought... I must be losing my mind. Maybe this is only the beginning. So you turned yourself in? So I turned myself in. Yeah. I want to be clear. You're saying there was no reason why you picked these particular women. Nothing beyond the gut instinct you described? No. I thought I made that pretty clear. Well, you did. It's just kind of difficult to believe. I don't understand. James, all three of these women were wanted criminals. All three of them have been eluding law enforcement for years. The fact that all three of them were in the same city at the same time is a miracle itself. You somehow randomly chose them and managed to kill them. Well, that's just incredible. I I'm sorry, I, I don't... Your first victim, Emily Denning, alias Alma Klein, alias Kate Millard, was wanted in six states for fraud. Hello? Oh, hey, Milo. I was just going to call you. Hey, relax! Will you relax? Milo, what are you freaking out about? I told you I would get the tickets, and I got the tickets. Yes, I know you're invested in this, Milo. You think I'm not? It was my idea. Okay. Thank you. Now be quiet and listen. I've already booked a room at the Palm Vista Hotel under the name Ava Purcell. I need you to meet me there Saturday morning at 9 a.m. sharp. Milo, please. We've already talked about this, and I don't want to talk about it on the phone. Come on, I just got home. Fine. Meet where? Fine. 
I'm on my way, but you better not keep me waiting. Don't worry, Buster. I'll feed you when I get home. Oh, you again. Look, I'm really not interested. Your second victim, Amanda Thomas, was wanted for blackmail in 14 states. Good morning, sir. Amanda Thomas here to see you? Sure. All right. Go on in. Thank you. <sighs> Amanda. Um, fancy a drink? No? Well, I'm sure you don't mind if I have one then, do you? So, have you reconsidered your position? Not at all. Have you reconsidered yours? Look, we don't have to go through all this. What do you want? I've already told you. You know I don't have that kind of money. John, please. I know you, which is why I know you do. I thought we had an understanding. You misjudged me. So, we're at a stalemate then. No, no stalemate. I'll come back tomorrow to collect. Wait, uh, can't we talk about this? No, done talking. Amanda! Done already? I'll be back tomorrow. Hello? Kent, how's the single life? Well, look, I'm really sorry about that, but how is that my problem? Oh, honey, you know exactly what I'm looking for. Well, then find it, Kent. I don't know what to tell you. Look, I gotta go. Get it together and call me then. Again? Hello? Oh, please, what is with all of you today? She used anything against anybody with amazing success, but... The police always had a hard time getting a solid case together. No one would testify. That's the thing with blackmail. What about the third? Joan. Well, now that one is a real doozy. When you said you were lucky to have survived your encounter with her, you are very, very right. No one has ever survived a meeting with her. Until you. She was a killer? In the worst way. Why do you have a gun? You followed me here. No. No, no, I didn't. No. I suppose you're right about that. I led you here. You... What? Oh, please. You really thought you had the upper hand? Why would you lead me here? Because I planned to kill you. Kill me? Why would you want to do that? Why would you? Ah, you see it now? How did you know? How did you find me? Who hired you? What do you mean? I suppose it doesn't matter. <laughs> You've completely botched this job. That is, unless you still want to play. I have to. Let's make it sporting, shall we? Have a weapon? Yes. Throw it on the floor. Ugh, a knife? You were going to try to kill me with a knife? <laughs> That's cute. 
Your turn. So, now we're even. No weapons, just our speed and, more importantly, our intelligence. So, what? We're just gonna die for the weapons and see who can kill each other first? Yep. It's a little juvenile, don't you think? Maybe. Still game? Yes. I... I have to kill you. I completely understand. Need a moment? No. Then, on three? Sure. Three it is, then. One. Two. Three. What? It's empty! You're a damn fool. You're not a killer. You're a wannabe action hero. You thought I'd play some game with you to put us on an even playing field? I didn't come this far by being an idiot. I guess not. Any last words, loser? (laughs) Like I care. See ya. What the... Oh, well. Mr. Blake, Joan has killed over 50 people, probably more. She's jumped states, countries, hemispheres, and everywhere she went, she killed people. Never a reason, nothing to gain, she just liked it. The police had sorted out who she was, but they could never find her. The newspapers nicknamed her The Fox. Perhaps you've read about her? The Fox? Yep. The one who always escaped the trap. But you, you somehow caught and killed her. I... I don't understand why this all happened. I'm... I'm just a normal guy. I really am. Yes, Officer Morgan? Yeah, sorry to interrupt, Detective. I was hoping to grab some lunch. Will it be much longer? I'm not sure. Best to wait. Uh, just let me know when the prisoner is ready for transport. I will. Oh, hey, Hatley. Are we still having dinner tonight? This is a bad time, officer. Got it, got it, detective. Now, James. You went 29 years without killing or even having the urge to kill anyone, correct? Yes. So what changed? How did you go from being a normal guy, living a normal life, to a murderer? There is a reason, James, and that is what we must figure out. But I... I don't know what changed or why I needed to kill these women. And and I had no clue that they were criminals. Are you sure? Think hard, James. Three women... All criminals wanted by law, and you just come out of nowhere and eliminate them without any reasoning? No court will ever believe that. But I... I'm telling you the truth. I... I didn't know! No one is going to believe that, James. The prosecuting attorney is already going to have a field day building a case that you were acting as some vigilante by taking the law into your own hands while mocking our legal system. But that's not what happened! So what did? I don't know! Yes, you do! Something woke you up after 29 years of nothingness and made you decide to kill! I don't want 
to talk anymore. <laughs> we are way beyond wants, James. Why these women? I, I didn't pick them. That doesn't make any sense. I didn't, I didn't want to kill them. But you did kill them, James. The moment you met them, you had the choice to let them live, but you didn't. You wouldn't understand. I don't understand. Try me, James. How did you not have a choice? Did someone put a gun to your head and tell you to kill these women? No. Did the dog tell you to do it? Of course not. Were the stars out of alignment those nights? Stop. Give me something, James. As you're looking at the death penalty or life in prison, I'm looking for a reason and you're giving me nothing. Oh, maybe it was voices. Is that it, James? Was there a voice in your head telling you to kill these women? It's not a voice, it's it's more of a, a whisper. I need more, James. I get these horrible pains in my head and each time I see them, then the whisper. And you're saying that you have to do what the whisper says? Yes. Why? Because it would become too much, it would hurt. The, the pain in your head? Yes, it would burn and it got worse and worse until they were dead. It, it was the only way. Even if that were true, James, it still doesn't explain how all of this began, never having any issues before. I mean, I could maybe understand you hearing voices if you'd experienced some major head trauma or if mental illness ran in your family, but neither of those things are true, right? No. Then I'm at a loss. I don't understand it either. I, ju I just wish it would go away. Well, I guess be thankful you turned yourself in before you harmed anyone else. Yeah. So why did you? I don't know. I just... I... I don't know anything! Well, James, to be honest, I don't know what to believe. You seem like a nice guy that somehow went down the wrong path. I can't tell you what's going to happen next or what the outcome will be. I do think you're going to have a real hard time convincing a jury that some mystical whisper told you to murder these three women who just happened to be wanted criminals. It just doesn't add up. No one is going to believe you. I'm not lying. How am I supposed to know that? You have to convince me, James. Everything about this isn't right. Your story, your demeanor, nothing. Maybe you really do need mental help. Huh? For all I know, the voices have been telling you what to say this entire time. That's not how it works. See, that's my point. A moment ago, you said you don't understand. Now you know how it works? Which is it, James? I... I don't know. I just... I don't know. That makes two of us. I... I don't know. Officer Morgan will be in shortly to take you back to your cell. I'm done here. I don't know. No. Officer Morgan? Hey, no. Hal, can you call Morgan? We're about ready for it. <sighs> I wish you luck, son. How am I supposed to know what it all means? I... I've only heard it four times. Four times? Four times, James? You've heard the voice four times? Just, I want it to go away. I need you to calm yourself. Take a few deep breaths and listen to me. Better? Yes. Now think. A moment ago, you said you had heard the whispering four times. When was the fourth? I am... I, I'm not really sure... Everything's blurry. Come on, James. Think hard. Ugh, my head. Is there a fourth victim? One you didn't tell me about? 
No. Oh, maybe you heard it before the other three, but you ignored it. No, I... I heard it after the others. When did you hear it after? Uh, maybe... Today? Uh, I don't know. Today? James, that's impossible. You've been locked up here for a week. I know. So how is that possible? I want this go away. There are no female prisoners in this jail. The only other female you would have encountered would be... Officer Morgan. Are you ready for me? James? You... may want to look deeper into her past before your date tonight. Detective. You have been listening to The Three, produced and directed by Matthew P. Warner. Featured in the cast are Ryan Duke as James Blake, Seamus C. Smith as Detective Hatley, Annie DiMartino as Joan Stanley, Josephine Cessna as Amanda Thomas, and Tiffany Reek as Emily Denning. Additional voices performed by Matthew Warner, Logan Bradford, Chloe Warner, and Wendy Warner. The Three was written by Katie Sewell and Matthew Warner. All recording, sound effects, and editing of The Three was engineered by Audio Imagination 77. With technical support by Gabe DiMartino, Michaela Bradford, and Mason Totten. This has been an Audio Imagination 77 production. I hope you enjoyed The Three. You can find all the plays by Audio Imagination 77 on Dramafy or all the other streaming services. Just search for Matthew P. Warner. Warner is spelled W-O-E-R-N-E-R. And finally, last year I challenged Matt to make us a Christmas play. And he took on that challenge. He's currently working on the final mix. And we will be airing whatever it is that he's dreamed up, I haven't heard it, in December. And in the meantime, he sent me a little audio preview to get us excited. Are you struggling this holiday season? To find that last minute gift for someone special, I mean. Well, look no further. Come on in to Goodwin's Goods, where we will meet all of your holiday needs. What's that? Are we new? Oh no. My little shop has been around for over a hundred years. Well, don't look so shocked. After all, I should know. I have always been here. Who am I? My sincere apologies. Goodwin's the name. Wallace T. Goodwin. I am the owner and proprietor here at Goodwin's Goods. Now that we have been formally introduced, how may I help you? Nothing. Are you sure? Well, if you happen to be wandering around on Christmas Eve and come upon my little shop, I highly recommend you come inside, just to take a moment and look around. After all, you may just find what you've been looking for. A gift, coming this November from Audio Imagination 77 Productions. Thank you so much to my old friend Matt for a fun show, and for all of you who listen and support this program, thank you so much. 
If you love the variety that you find here, if you find what we're doing here unique among the podcasts that you listen to, please support it by telling a friend about us or by contributing to the monthly costs of this show, like $22 a month in hosting fees or a recent Zoom bill for 165 We spend our time and money making this show week after week. So if you love it, help us pay for it. As little as $5 a month helps a lot, and you get our handwritten thanks and bonus episodes and meetups all by foregoing a cup of coffee. Or if you can afford more, say $20 a month, that means you just forego one meal out on the town for all the hours of entertainment and company that we give you week after week. There are links to donate in the show notes or visit thebittersweetlife.net. If you're with a business or a nonprofit or a tour company, consider sponsoring the show as well. You can write to us at bittersweetlifepodcast at gmail.com or visit the contact us page at thebittersweetlife.net. And until next time, this is The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. Join us again. Bye. 